There it goes. All right. Well, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. I got my co-host here, my good buddy, my good friend, Mr. Eli Levy. Thank you, Kyle. How's it going, man? Great. Super, super excited. We got... I feel the energy today. I, I've got energy. I'm stoked. I love it. I love we it. We got a really cool topic that we love to talk yes. about, which is money and profiting. Mm-hmm. This, this cool thing that she wants to share with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're really excited. Today we have Eon... Or Eon... <laughs> Ian Price Murphy, uh, she founded Moxie Bookkeeping and Coaching back in 2003 to make small business bookkeeping easy and useful, even to those who don't think of themselves as good with numbers. She loves talking about entrepreneurship, small business, finances, and profitability. So I think we got a really good match. Yep. Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we were talking beforehand. Yep. Uh, you're from Grass Valley. We're kind of from the similar area. I mean, we're in Oregon now. Yeah, it's always yeah, cool to, to Oregon, kind of know people from the local roots. Yeah. What have you have you grown up there or? I grew up in the Bay Area, but I went to high school in Nevada City, and then okay. went to Brooklyn straight from there. Lived there for thirty years, and then recently returned home uh, just before the pandemic. So good timing, me. Good timing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a yeah awesome. stroke of nice. luck. Yeah, really. Um, well, cool. Well, why don't you kind of kick it off and kind of talk a little about you and uh, kind of how you got to where you are today with Moxie? Yes. So one of the things I love to say about myself is that I was not born a bookkeeper. You know, we work primarily with creative service businesses, um, people that are really passionate about what they do, as most businesses are started by people who really love what they do, rather than people who love running a business. Um, and And so, you know, I started it because I had a personal bankruptcy in my mid-20s because Mm. I just was not financially literate. I just didn't Mm. know. You know, I knew all of the sort of traditional wisdom, um, spend less than you make and, you know, work work hard and you'll succeed. (laughs) Um, Follow your passion and the money will come. Yeah. Not, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that that, how to read that maybe. Um, so I knew that I was spending more than I was making, but I, but I didn't know how to work any harder than I was. I was, you know, juggling two, three jobs and um, working my butt off. But until I had an employer who was willing to value my time, mm-hmm. I had no hope. And everything, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was living on credit cards and, and by living on, I don't mean trips to Tahiti, I mean, gas and groceries <laughs> yeah. and, you know, but every time I changed apartments or changed jobs or had a slow shift or a roommate that left without paying the electricity mm-hmm. bill, it just pushed me further and further. And yeah. I, I was barely on a not quite subsistence wage. And, and I ended up having more debt than I was ever going to be able to pay off in my lifetime at my current wage. And that was kind of the breaking point for me. Wow. So that, yeah, that was a big slap That's in the face great. from the universe. Wow. So painful. So painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, thankfully, I'm really stubborn. 
and had already been sort of taught, you know, if you want something done, do it yourself, which again, mm. terrible, terrible advice. I see where it came from. I see its usefulness, but wow, have we taken that all too far. <laughs> it's true. So I began to uh, learn everything I could about how money works and how, you know, business finance works and um, started freelancing on my own as a, you know, assistant and, um, eventually decided to become a bookkeeper. And that was when, you know, I really started my own bookkeeping business and freelanced and then hired my first employee. And we just hired our 15th employee. Oh, very cool. Dang. Yeah. So cool. So, so quick question. If you wouldn't have been slapped in the face from the universe, Mm. would you have started Moxie? Do you think that was your eye opener? Yes. For me, that was my eye opener. And the reason that that was my eye opener was, um, I, at the time, I mean, early twenties, go figure, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have the, the, the strength to advocate strongly for myself. Like it takes a special kind of person to do that. I was right. not that special. So I was, you know, doing things like, um, telling my boss, like, um, I think people that do what I do make like twice what I make. Um, mm-hmm. maybe you could give me like a dollar more an hour, yeah. <laughs> but like with that approach, of course the answer was no. And, and yeah. she was like, I'll give you a quarter more. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I guess that's all I'm worth. Uh, um, and and when I was able to decide to freelance with bookkeeping, which is a slightly more specialized skill than right, yeah. answering phones, mm-hmm. that I was able to set my own wage and be like, you either want me for this or you don't. Mm-hmm. And and that was when I really began to take control of my own income. And and so, no, I think without a bankruptcy, I would not have, I think I probably would have just scraped along the bottom a lot longer, yeah, like sure. many artists do, right? That that don't realize that their craft and their their inspiration and creations are also a business. Yep. Right. Absolutely. I, I love stories like that. I do too. Yeah, you got <laughs> bankrupt super early, so you were... Um, <laughs> financially illiterate and then you went all the way to the other side to starting a bookkeeping company and consulting for businesses mm-hmm. that is like so cool right. I, it, it's it's truly like passion like really coming out and like uh-huh. education i, love I think it. it's entrepreneurship at its core it is as well. that's exactly it yep so right. you've you found a you found an issue and then you solved for it not just yeah for yeah. others but also for yourself like exactly you full on and that's yeah. really cool yeah. wow yeah well, that's so i mean cool. primarily for myself right yeah, Fair right. enough. Yeah. Like it was to yeah. solve my problem. I just yeah. was getting paid to to do it. Right. So <laughs> I think we have, I think every business owner or business owner or, or not, um, those gut, pu- gut yeah. punch moments in life really, you know, get you back in line. Maybe you're cruising on cruise control for a little bit thinking like, okay, this, this is bad, but I'll, I'll get through. Yeah. Um, right. And then you really hit that bottom of that trough and you've got to make something out of it. It's like our business, yeah. Like me yeah. and you, like we mm-hmm. needed mm-hmm. it to work. We didn't want it to work. Like we needed this yeah. to work, and so we made yeah. it work. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's where like true like grit and like entrepreneurship comes out is like when there's a burning passion, not just behind liking doing it, but like yeah, you gotta get this to work. Otherwise, there's other options that aren't gonna resilience. Be resilience keeps coming up. It does. Comes up resilience. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, um, because I think one of the things that I see a lot is people have or hear that story. They have that idea. And again, it's not wrong. Of right. I ha- It has to work, therefore it will. Right. And I think that there is a significant number of people who it has to work and yet it still doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where the resilience comes in is like, well, it doesn't have to work, but you got to get right. something to work, baby girl. So get up off the floor and go <laughs> back to it. And if you have that resilience, something later, sooner or later will hit and will work. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Did you have any influence um, growing up uh, where that resilience may have come from? Is that something that you you feel like you've kind of born with or was there a natural leader that you were kind of following at an early age? What allowed you to have huh. that realize and like have the self-awareness like, okay, whoa, I am really on a very bad downward spiral. I'm never going to get out of this financial debt. Was there, was there something in your life, maybe a milestone that you snapped? I mean, um, it was, it took my mom telling me that I had to file for bankruptcy to make me see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you know, I think I, I definitely credit my parents for creating the, the monster that I am, um, for good and for bad that, you know, again, they were the ones. So my dad was, I think in his eighties now, I should know that I don't, (laughs) he, he went to school at a time when he could put himself through school, through an Ivy league school on scholarships and ROTC. And no. so his whole attitude was like, well, I did it. Why? What's your problem? Right. <laughs> Not that unkind, but you yeah. know, and, and same with my mom. She, she grew up in Bakersfield, California. Yeah. And decided that was not, that was a very motivating place for her. Yeah, uh, she, she did not want to stay there. So she, yeah. you know, left yeah. and put herself through Berkeley. And yeah. so they both had this idea of, well, you know, nobody else is going to help you. You just got to get it done. Like that's not our job. No. Which I think is a little strange. I think a lot of parents would say that's exactly their job. Um, But, but mine definitely raised me to believe like there is no safety net, like you do it or you don't, or it doesn't get done. And so again, I think that absolutely created some resilience. Um, I also think that that's what held me back for so long because it didn't Mm -hmm. occur to me that I could reach out and be like, Hey, something's not working. Like, can I get a little help here? Um, Or when I did who I knew to ask were my folks and they were like, absolutely not. We'll give you advice. Yeah. That's cool. I love that lesson of, um, I, I truly love it. It's like, if you don't like something, then change it. If you don't like it, there's the door. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I love it. So what makes, before we dive into the topic, what makes Moxie bookkeeping different? What differentiates you guys? Tell us your unique value. Uh, So two big things, I think. One is that story, right? So that I'm coming from a place where I don't feel like um, people should understand money, that it's an inherent thing that some people Mm -hmm. are just good at and some people aren't. Um, you know, I absolutely learned that skill. It was not my area of focus until I had to focus on it. Um, and so to, to sort of recognize and have compassion for people that are like, this feels really overwhelming. It feels really yucky. I don't want to do it. You know, like I don't like it. I don't want to like it just, uh, and, and beginning to sort of help them feel more empowered around it. Even as I say, you actually don't have to know debits and credits, you know, like to me, that's learning. I want you to learn how to get around in a foreign country of math or accounting, but you don't have to be able to conjugate the pluperfect subjunctive, right? Like that's, Mm. that's not a level. You don't have to learn accounting. You just have to know, like, did I hit my sales target and it's my bank balance. Okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. Absolutely. 
So that's um, the first big thing. And the second thing, of course, is the profit first methodology that I think, you know, again, bookkeeping and accounting by their very definition are backward looking. <laughs> what happened in the past? How do we make sense of that so that we can stay compliant and make some educated guesses about the future? Amazing. But they're wild guesses. And for me, profit first really is the headlights illuminating the road ahead so that you can see that sharp turn or that rock in the road or whatever it is mm. and take evasive action before you ruin your alignment. Free crash. That was a good one. Love the, we're all about analogies here. That. So that was, that was dialed <laughs> up. Really, really like that. Um, so, into the yeah. Topic, so huh? what is this profit first cash management that we hear people so talking about? What is this profit first? <laughs> so I think, my hope at this point is that most people have at least heard the phrase profit first mm -hmm. uh, based on this book, Profit First, by a guy named Mike Michalowicz. Um, but for a lot of people, their curiosity ends there. And mm -hmm. I think that's for a couple of reasons. A, you know, business books traditionally, what profit means tends to be framed in terms of what color Lamborghini are you leaning on? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that especially with the I mean, I hate to say younger generations because I'm obviously not a younger generation, but I think the 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 newer waves of culture in business, let's phrase it that way, okay. are okay. more attuned to the fact that work and life are not separate. Right. That especially as an entrepreneur, like it is all woven together. And yes, there are some very clean places we need to keep them separated as best we can. But this idea of like work-life balance to me doesn't really exist. It's all my life. I mm -hmm. just have to work for some of it and I don't want to work for all of it. So, mm -hmm. so this idea of profit, it's really important to acknowledge that that word has kind of gotten a bad name mm -hmm. um, and that what profit really means is stability, growth, impact, and your ability to foster positive change, not just in your life, but in your community and your world. You know, mm -hmm. if you if you are starving for dollars for your own business and your own self, you don't have the time, money, or most importantly, energy right. to help anybody else out. Mm -hmm. And like, so what are we doing here? Right? Yep. Totally. Profit first. 100%. Yeah, you, you get you have to put yeah. yeah. So, um, what in terms of the profit first cash management? Let's say, like in definition, in like two lines, if you had no clue what it is, what what would you say to somebody? Give every dollar a job. Give every dollar a home. Just give us a home. Give us uh -oh. one second. You guys just disappeared. Yeah. Uh oh, one sec. We've got a. We may have a dead camera. Okay, let's. Uh, one second. We're going to cut this little part out. Sure. We are going to swap over to a. We have to swap into the back part. Yeah, there it is. All right. We are just about to jump back online. What? Yeah. Can you still hear us? Yep. Sounds great. We're good. All righty. Different angle. Um. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna splice that out. So, uh, you want to feed that line again? Yeah. yeah. So if someone had no, if you were in an elevator and mm. you had two lines that you had to say what profit first management was, what would that be? I say it's give every dollar a job and give every dollar a home. 
that mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're pre-assigning purposes for dollars so that when we get them, we already know what it is that they're going to do for us, whether it's pay our taxes, right. go to a, an emergency short-term saving, emergency long-term saving or growth, uh, whether it's to pay me or to pay my overhead by separating them out into different physical bank accounts, I can yeah. look at the bank balance and know mm-hmm. exactly where I stand without having to be like, oh, but wait, remember payroll's coming up and then did I pay my quarterly taxes? I can't remember. I have to go look at that. Right. And should I get that invoice? Like it just, it, you know, every, every there's a home yeah. and a job for everything. And it just makes it like, I think of that like, um, like the silverware drawer versus the junk drawer, right? You know, there's a bottle opener in there somewhere, but you yeah. want to really dig around for it. And then you find three and one's broken <laughs> or in a silverware drawer where you can see exactly how many forks do I have, knives, spoons, et cetera. So, you know, before you even set the table, when the next time you're going to have to do some dishes is right after right. the meal, before the meal, maybe hopefully tomorrow, but yeah. you know, so that's the kind of visual clarity I'm, I'm looking for. Okay. Love it. And so when you separate all of these dollars into different accounts, um, this should help you understand how much money you have for payroll, how much should you be paying yourself as a business owner? Maybe it's how much money I could put towards marketing. Maybe it's for a new location, new equipment. All of this is really going to help forecast that, right? Yes. And forecast it for realsies rather than in a spreadsheet that is usually out of date by the time the printer ink dries. Mm Yeah, I think that's super valuable. So how does a company switch to that? How would you like Mm -hmm. uh, most companies, they got money coming in and coming out all month long. It's not like you have a large sum of like, okay, this is what I made this month. That doesn't mean that's how much you got in the account. How does someone like all of a sudden switch that and start pocketing money into different accounts? So the first thing to do is to know where you stand, right? You can't, you can't make a plan about where you're going until you know where you are. Right. If I tell you to drive 100 miles to Boston, well, hopefully you're within 100 miles of Boston. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if you drive 500 miles, you're not going to get there or or if you're not pointing in the right direction. So one of the things I really love about the the system of profit first itself specifically, and this is laid out in chapter six of the book, like there's no there's no magic here. Is the percentages that a healthy company should be spending and saving on these different areas, operating expenses, which covers marketing and all of many other things, um, owners pay taxes, profit, right. that that it gives you a percentage based on the size of your company. And, and so those are the guidelines because for small companies, you know, it says, well, you're, your overhead should really be only about 30% of what it calls your real revenue, meaning not necessarily your top line revenue, but your top line revenue after any uh, significant direct costs like subcontractors or inventory repurchasing or um, manufacturing have been set aside. Okay. So once, and in, you know, in the bookkeeping world, we call that your gross profit. Nobody cares about that, but me, (laughs) that's okay. Um, so, so the real revenue is similar to your gross profit, but it's, you know, you only have to calculate it. So it's like 25% or more of your income. If it's smaller than that, it's not really worth it. So then once we have this, what's called real revenue number, we say, okay, well, let's start by setting aside, you know, can you, we afford to put aside, aside 5% for profit? Maybe we can only afford to put aside 1% for profit because it depends on where you are, right? I don't want to say, 
let's go out and run a marathon tomorrow if you have been in the habit of sitting on the couch. If you're someone who runs regularly, like maybe, 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 but likely we still want to do some warm up and we got to start where you are. So that's the system is it looks at these percentage bases. So in order to get started, you need to know what your percentages currently are and then make a plan to shift the percentages before you actually shift them. So let's say I have a small business. My overhead is at 55% and it should be closer to 30. I go, okay, well, let me look through my expenses and say, what's what's costing me so much? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's marketing. Maybe it's over, maybe it's my rent, maybe it's payroll, maybe all of the above. So then I need to look at efficiencies. Why is, if my marketing is costing me so much, what is it bringing in? What's the yeah. return on this? And yep. every expense should become an investment, even rent. Why am I paying rent? It better be for some good use. I'm meeting people here. It gives me whatever. Um, yep. And so then you can begin to sort of shift your like, well, as I cut that down, now I'm going to tailor that suit in a little bit to fit better at that or mm. let it out in other places until it's really tailored just for my business. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think, um, I think transparency, I think is why what you do is so important for businesses. They right. think they could be running well, but until they open the hood, they realize, okay, yeah, things are going downhill. But right. they they wouldn't they really won't be able to understand that unless they have it broken out, organized properly, um, seeing where the revenue is coming from, seeing where these expenses are coming from. Right. Um, is that is that part of the service that you guys offer? Is kind of I know you're doing the bookkeeping, you're doing this organization, but is, is there like a consultancy aspect of it as well? Like, hey, Kyle, you're you're running a little, you know, is is, is there is there an element of that? I don't know. What I was going Absolutely, to I, don't know. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. And I think most businesses that come to us actually know that they're in trouble. They yeah, just don't right. know why yeah. or how to fix it. So m- most people sort of get the, you know, they get the feeling either they've had to, you know, skip a paycheck to pay a bill or borrow from themselves to pay the tax or, um, you know, take out a loan to cover yeah. the difference between when they owe and when they get. So I think everybody, you know, sort of comes to us specifically knowing like, hey, I could be doing better. And that's that's because, you know, while we do bookkeeping, that industry has changed enough in the last few years with technology that I don't always know that hiring a bookkeeper is the best first choice. Mm. Like a lot of times it's go get a go get a VA that knows a little bit about bookkeeping and let no. us help supervise them. Right. Because mm-hmm. again, my experience with my own marketing journey was very much like most people's journey with money. I don't like it. I don't want to like it. (laughs) And I have no idea how to tell if someone's doing a good job or not. All I know is the outcome that I want. And, and so again, I have a lot of compassion for my business owners that feel that way about finance, that they're like, I just don't, I see the profit and loss. I know you're telling me something. I don't know what you're telling me. Yep. So mm-hmm. we do have consulting and and we do that both with bookkeeping and with profit first, that we have these sort of short-term, look, if you just need us to get you set up um, so that the categories make sense to you and show you how to do a couple of things, go for it. Here are the red flags to look out for. If you see one of them, please call us. Right. Yep. But most of this, you know, 
if if it's if it's the same couple of things every month, your software can now automate that. You don't need me to push the button anymore. So so where we often step in is as that second set of eyes closing out the month, looking at the reports, and then having the conversation with the business owner about what does this mean, which inevitably leads to the question, what can I afford, which is where Profit First really shines. You know, so I want to hire a new employee or I want to start a new product line. Great. Let's open a new account and start funding that now. Because if you think your VA is going to cost you $1,200 a month, let's make sure we can actually fund that with the cash that we've got. Right. And now you've got a cushion so that if you hire someone and they don't work out, you're not $1,200 in the hole. Yep. A hundred percent. I, yes. We have, a, I, we have a buddy that started this a while ago and that's been the profit first. Connor, you read the book. Mm-hmm, and started mm-hmm. talking about it. So I've been, I was just, it was really cool seeing how inspired he was with growing his business. So how many like yeah. accounts, like I've just had a curiosity, like some of these businesses yeah. have, like, is it like crazy? So the or? minimum is five. The minimum yeah. recommended is five. Um, almost every business that I work with needs six. Here are the five. Income, because you want to collect your income separately so that you can see how am I earning money. But again, that's something that a lot of us don't think we need to pay attention to, but is actually really good information, right? So in my business, 80% of our income comes in in the first week of the month. Mm. And only 20% comes in in the following because we have mostly recurring revenue. Yep. So... So this idea of how often I do allocations or, you know, how should I be planning for things? I know that by the end of the second week of the month, my payroll better be fully funded for the next four weeks and I better have enough an operating expense to cover everything. So again, that lets me look at two numbers. Did I hit my sales target and what is my bank balance? From there, you'll need to have a tax savings account, a profit savings account, an owner's pay account and an operating expense account. Now, a lot of people ask, well, if I'm doing profit, you know, if I'm an LLC, why do I need an owner's pay? Or what is that? How is that different? Why is that important? I think it's important because um, I think of profit first, like, here's another analogy for you, like a glass of water. And I need to make sure that it is being refilled by the waiter at least as fast as I'm drinking it down or at least, you know, he and I are making sure it never goes to zero. So when I think about paying myself as the owner of the business and of a primary worker in the business, I know that my personal life will go a lot smoother if I can take a regular paycheck. Right. So most people say, I need to take $600 a week and they just do it regardless of the impact on their business. Other people say, oh, we had a great week. I can take more, right? I'm taking 30% or whatever, and I'm taking that out. Neither one of those gives us the feeling of a paycheck. So instead, we fill the cup for owner's pay as much as we can with that percentage allocation that we're doing. And then we give ourselves a salary that that we're sure that we can pay consistently throughout the year. So what that looks like visually is the water level of the cup may go down in slower months where I'm putting less income back in, but it never goes to zero. So I'm always able to pay myself that stable amount. And then on my fat months, 
I fill it up more than I need, but I let it stay in there as a cushion again, so that I can take that regular paycheck regardless of business fluctuations. Wow. Makes total sense. So the, the profit account <clears throat> that goes towards just like anything you want pretty much in terms of like trying to make, okay, we need to hire an employee. Let's take from the profit or. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that is a, that's a very, right. That's a very common misconception. And the reason that I say absolutely not is because what you've just suggested is taking my profits and decimating them by turning them into expenses. And it's not profit. Yep. No longer profit. Yeah. So again, Profit is our stability. It's our growth. It's our short-term emergency fund. So we let that profit grow. And at the end of every quarter, we have a profit distribution. And we actually have a quarterly online profit party that's open to everybody because I think it's really fun. And it's a great way to, like cool. for yeah. people that just are, have their toe in it to be like, you know, and what I love to hear is what worked well this quarter? What would you yeah. do better or differently next time? Um were you able to increase your profit percentage at all? And what are you going to go do nice for yourself with this money? So at the end of the quarter, we take 50% of what's in our profit account and put mm. it towards a personal goal, not a business goal, a yeah. personal goal. Could be a vacation, could be retirement savings, could be a, a beautiful new e-bike, could be yeah. whatever you want it to be. But the idea is to build this habit in that our business is there to support us, not the other way around, and to make our lives better and bring us closer to our goals, yep. not the other way around. Right. So what does the other 50% go to? It just hangs out there. Again, okay. that's that water level just in case. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if something goes horribly wrong, like mm, global pandemic, right. you've got yep. a cash cushion so that you don't have to freak Absolutely. out. Mm-hmm. because this was the plan all along. That's very cool. I, yeah, I think that's very exciting. Pretty cool. Um, really good value out of you, before we kind of wrap it up, yeah. what are some of the like really cool success stories you've maybe like a success story you've had by um, kind of implementing the profit uh, first to a company? Yeah. One of my favorite ones that I tell is a, a woman that when she called me, she wanted to mortgage her house to keep the business afloat. And I was like, please, please don't. Her yeah. minimum monthly payments on her debt was $7,000 a month. And within a year, we wiped that out and and got her uh, a three-month emergency savings fund. Wow. Um, that was huge. That's crazy. The other one was my own story, which is, you know, I'd been a bookkeeper yeah. for more than a decade, very yep. frugal, right? I can you can imagine after going through a bankruptcy, I'm pretty frugal. Um, and just by getting clarity about where the money was going, I was able to double my take-home pay because what I was oh, doing wow. was this right, very traditional view of bookkeeping, which is, oh, it's October. I've still got money left in my bank account. My account is telling me not to pay taxes on it. Let me go spend, let me go buy a new computer and buy iPads for everybody and book a conference and, you know, all of this quote unquote business stuff. I mean, it was all business stuff, but, but it wasn't crucial. It wasn't going to bring me back anything. It was me, you know, buying a $700 dress because normally it's 1500 and Hey, look, I just saved. No, you didn't. You just spent. So what I found was that I loved to do that. I loved to like 
buy things that, that that were cool or buy online courses and you know go to conventions um and and as soon as i was able to clearly see where that money is coming from cuz it can't come from profit and it can't come from taxes the only other place for it to come from is my salary and mm-hmm. i was like would i rather be paid this money yep. than go to phoenix <laughs> yes i would yes i would mm-hmm. wow that's cool. That is so do you, cool. I, I keep asking. Questions. No. Uh, do you have like a, do you have um, uh, clients that it's not applied to a business, but it's applied to themselves, and they have like different accounts for their personal life? Is that something that you've done, or you? I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, I yes, it's not something that I love doing simply because you can write off my services when I'm doing it for your business. Mm-hmm. And not so much for personal. So I'm like, let me show you how to do it in your business. And then, mm-hmm. yes, please go do it in your personal. Yeah. That was actually one of the things that sold me on profit first was without knowing that that was the system that I was using, right? It's just grandma's envelope system. <laughs> I That's what I did in my personal life right. to recover from my bankruptcy because I didn't want to think about my personal finances as I was learning about all this stuff. So I yeah. had all of these set it and forget it, right? My monthly recurring stays the same every month accounts were charging to one account right. my monthly it happens every month but it's different every time groceries etc was in a separate account and then i have a um i still have what i call my mad money account which is what's the what's the amount that i am specifically setting aside for me to go do whatever i want with it yeah. um and and one of the things that i like to do is to make sure that there's not too much in there which of course during the pandemic it has collected yeah. a little extra because it can't really do anything. Yep. But if it gets too high, it means I'm not having enough fun. I'm not getting a massage, you know, like it's time to like go out and do something. Yeah, that's true. That's so cool. It's very cool. What a cool way to like keep yourself in check with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, yeah, I know if you know. see you've got too much money, that's a hard problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why aren't you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Yes. It's very so, cool. I actually want to bring something up. I know we're kind of at time, right. but but yeah. that we talked about pre, which is yep. this one percent for the planet, right? Yep. Yes, I was just going to bring it up. I was All just right. going to bring it up. Go for because it. this is also, I think, what the brilliance of the organization called one percent for the planet. Yep. I think their brilliance is in this same thing. We're just going to take a percentage, one percent, no big deal, mm-hmm. and now you don't have to think about it. And so like that is in essence, the habit of profit, you know, that you, it doesn't rely on willpower. It doesn't rely on you having great math skills, right? Right. You just, it's just something that you do, whether you do it weekly or monthly or quarterly, and there is some accountability for them, you know, at the end of the year, they go, did you do it? Did you do the thing Mm -hmm. Um, that I really love? And it makes, it makes weaving those values that are crucial and important to me, again, you know, I, um, I know that the more money that I have, the bigger of an impact I can make. And right. with, with 1%, it's even the more money that I earn, the bigger impact right. I can make. Exactly. That's cool. They are an amazing organization. Yeah. And how did you guys get into them? 1% Planet? Uh, yeah. We work with a social responsibility kind of company called We Hero. And they uh, recommended it to us. And we started our sustainability program, Snap One, Plant One. So we partnered with One Tree Planted. Yep. And we plant a tree for every 
image we deliver or every second of video we deliver. So we use that credit towards 1% for the planet so we can kind of help that. It's a fun program. It's really cool. Yep. So, um, Very cool. It. Yeah, anyway, we can make impact with our dollars. That's how we're trying to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? So, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes. I know I was extremely intrigued. Um, if there's one thing that you could say that you hope our listeners are taking away from, taking away from this conversation, what would it be? Take 1% of your income and put it to a profit savings account today. Done. And and going forward. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Good today. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Uh, well, perfect. Where could people find you if they want to follow you, Moxie, learn more about the profit first? Yeah. Our website's the easiest way. Cool. Uh, MoxieBookkeeping.com. You know, we've got all kinds of download our thing and connect with us on social and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Sign up for our etc. Cool. And the profit party is super fun. Super fun. That sounds really cool. Oh, <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Biz Bros podcast. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's going to take away some awesome stuff. Yes. And I hope that they do reach out to you if they're more interested in the profit first management. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros podcast. Just Google it. Just go in the interwebs, type in Biz Bros podcast. You'll, You'll find, find us. Subscribe to it and make sure to enjoy our next episode. And we will see you with another guest on our next episode.